If you are on your laptop or not otherwise engaged, you may want to follow along with the transcript provided below. It has updates and footnotes. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. Rewiring society for the better. Finding the adult inside us. Of the 11 points, this one is going to seem like an odd tangent along with food, energy, immigration, and all the more tangible strategic pursuits we need to address aggressively and quickly, there is our greatest shortcoming. Those of us 18 and over need to start acting like adults. As a people, we don't. We just don't. For generations, we have been led by the nose into some of the most nonsensical social and intellectual rabbit holes. We will believe anything. The more outrageous the silly notion, the more grown human beings seem to flock to it. Almost all of you will see yourself somewhere in this short narrative. You few who stand above all the nonsense, there are precious few. You will see most of the people you know and love here. And... If you are among that few, it will frustrate you, and likely already does. Before I get to the examples of what I'm talking about, uh, I'd like to take a moment to uh, introduce you to the ways we support the P4B. If you're a pet owner, you know that taking care of those little poop machines can be expensive. Between vet bills, food and supplies, and costs add up quickly. That's where 1-800-PET-MEDS comes in, the ultimate online destination for pet medications and supplies at affordable prices. PetMeds offers a huge selection of pet medications, including flea and tick medications, heartworm preventatives, and prescription medications. All their products are from trusted, top-quality brands, so you can be sure you're getting the best for your pet. But that's not all. 1-800-PET-MEDS offers a wide selection of pet supplies including food, toys, and grooming products. They even have a selection of prescription diets for pets with specific health conditions. And they offer free shipping for orders over $49, so why wait? Visit their website today. I'll leave a link below the audio line and start saving on your pet's health care needs. A few examples. Item one, green scams. We have people who, despite the constant moving of the goalpost, despite the gratuitous claims, still believe the political whores when they tell us climate change and global warming, or CCGW, is an existential threat to humanity by the most abysmal prognostications and the least likely to come to fruition in any foreseeable timeline, CCGW represents an inconvenience to humanity that we can easily adjust for. If the worst comes to pass, our waterfronts will retreat 
from what is now Waterfront and do so very slowly. And we'll have longer growing seasons. Our knowledge of environmental change does not equip us to realistically predict the desertification and depopulation from CCGW. As an outgrowth of this nonsense, and the profit motive in promoting the nonsense, the same people are incapable of seeing or admitting they see the impossibility of wind and solar powering our grid in a realistic way. Further, and I've experienced this, when presented with overwhelming information gutting the concept, the same people seek the refuge of the tribe and simply refuse to see it. As I alluded to in a previous post, do you have any idea what large wind farms do to the surface winds downstream of their location, including the movement of seeds, pollen, soil, and insects? Do you have any idea the scale at which the government and their cronies intend to build these monstrosities? And we all know that they will not work as advertised. They will be utterly impractical. Like all government boondoggles, they will not become cheaper over time. They will become absurdly expensive. The power they will end up producing and the estimated income generated for the utilities will be wildly short of what is claimed now. They won't be worth having. But the nanny state will insist we keep them spinning or eating sunshine. And you will pay. I'll touch on this in detail when I hit the point about energy. But as a demonstration of our intellectual maturity, climate change and global warming alarmism is a considerable indictment. Item two, the sex change thing as a measure of our maturity. Adults are now looking at the most basic elementary school, hell, preschool reality square in the face and pretending the reality does not exist. Talk about not following the science. We have a massive movement actively encouraged by our political whores and their cronies and Instagram dipshits to confuse and mutilate our children based on the most naked bullshit fad since the pet rock. They have taken a rare disorder that actually affects very few men and virtually no women and turned it into a money-making, population-destroying, political distraction. And recently, a few trannies have gone viral and unchallenged by the cancel culture, calling for the arming of those participating in the fad to destroy those who won't play along with the fad. Let me in the ladies' room, claimed one transvestite, or it will be, quote, the last mistake you ever make. Nice. Let me be clear. No one. Not the teachers grooming the kids. Not the parents trying to appear super cool at the next wine and cheese party. Not the pop psychologist. Not the quacks at the Joseph Mengele School of Medicine at Vanderbilt University actually believe that a man or a boy can be a woman or a girl, or vice versa. 
They know clearly that they are damaging the lives of young people. But there is money to be had, likes to be garnered, coolness to be enjoyed among the woke tribes. So they pretend to believe that there is any other driver than XX or XY. There isn't. By comparison, this is far more demonstrative of the mass immaturity of our population than global warming and climate change. To understand climate alarmism, you do have to be paying at least cursory attention to see the truth of the scam. But for the sex change scam, you need only consult your own genitals, and you have all the valid information needed to see sex as an adult sees it. Manufactured genitals and fake boobs don't count. But all of you already know this, as does everyone else. The GOP, the Dems, Joe Biden, Budweiser, Target, all sex change activists, all groomers, everybody. We all know that no boy will ever know what it means to be a girl, ever. No girl will ever know what it means to be a boy. We can speculate, imitate, pretend. We can even find lots of quacks to cut us. But we cannot know. We will never know. Spending your adult life in the land of let's pretend is not a life. But we as a society are tolerating the ruin of countless lives because of a fad we all reject intellectually. And the non-participants pretend to be okay about it because we lack the requisite maturity to reject barbaric stupidity with adult argument. And do I have to spell out the damage we're doing in an aging demographic while destroying a child's ability to reproduce later? I hope none of my readers are that stupid. Item 3. Drugs, legal and otherwise. When it comes to illicit drugs, we have no one to blame but ourselves, and in a few cases, Big Pharma. I weary of the talk about drug addicts, quote, self-medicating, and how we are all supposed to be considerate of that. Yeah, okay, it's an approach to treatment when a druggie wants to get clean. But it is not incumbent upon all of us to tolerate zombies in the gutter because they are, quote, self-medicating. It is incumbent upon a mature society to separate these people from their healthy counterparts until they have cleaned up their act. There is nothing healthy about storefronts and streets where kids walk to school being inhabited by wretches actively ingesting, smoking, or shooting up hardcore drugs. It isn't healthy for our kids to watch these creatures writhing in the gutter, utterly unaware of the world around them. When kids do see this, it is most unhealthy to say these creatures are self-medicating. That plants in the kid's head an odd sense of legitimacy in the actions of the damaged creature in the gutter. Another immature excuse that's becoming more common as the biden Majorcas drug epidemic grows is coming from the families of victims 
I've heard countless times over the last two years, family members, usually parents, saying something like, my 16-year-old didn't know he was taking fentanyl at the party. He thought he was taking, I don't know, some other substance he had no business ingesting. But it was fentanyl, and it killed him. Most of our drug deaths started out as rebellious experimentation or outright recreation on the part of the user. Note, I didn't say victim. And little Johnny died because he made what should be universally considered a monumentally stupid decision. We cannot continue to be a successful culture while losing tens of thousands of adults and adolescents to drugs. To eventually end this lunacy, along with dealing with schizophrenic homelessness, we must take two steps. One, we need to reestablish large mental institutions, yes, asylums, with the goal of getting these wretched creatures off the street. There's no compassion in leaving them there and rebuilding the ones we can. The ones we can't rebuild have a roof over their heads, three hots, and a cot. Two, we need to raise better kids. The same parent who entertains notions that boys can be girls will raise kids who make stupid decisions elsewhere in life. But you don't have to be grooming your own child to be a failed parent. You simply have to be a lazy parent. It takes real involvement in the lives of kids to bring them to adulthood in a healthy, productive way. I and my siblings know firsthand what a lack of involvement and mentorship from both parents means. And I, for one, have the baggage to prove it. I didn't say raise perfect kids. That's impossible. But we must provide them with the foundation necessary to make good decisions. We're failing that on a grand scale never before seen in this country. Sports, music, life skills like small engine repair, hiking, reading, a bound book for enjoyment. These are all things that build better future adults. If you're a parent and you don't know how to do these things, Google them. Learn them yourself and let your kids see you doing it. In the process of mentoring better kids, you will become a better parent and the reciprocating cycle will continue until they're adults and even beyond. Set boundaries and stick to them. Teach your kids delayed gratification. It's not rocket science. But if you want to rid the world of ills like drug addiction, you have to do these things. As adults, your kids may fail. But if you don't provide them with a foundation for their success, then part of their failure will be your own. And their recovery from failure will be that much harder. Now, as for legal drugs, we are one of the most, if not the most, medicated society in history. We've replaced coping skills, child discipline, good eating habits, and physical fitness with drugs. We have an obesity problem among preteens. If you have to deal with anything more challenging than watching TV, there's probably a drug for that. The result of all this is self-evident. We reinforce the weakness in people. We bend their perceptions of nature. I'd love to see a study of a large group of homeless, a growing percentage of our population, and find out how many of those poor wretches were the lucky recipients 
of Ritalin or some other drugs as kids, as opposed to the cohort of schizophrenics a generation before them. Also, the overprescription of pain medication, sometimes it's best to deal with some pain. We have created addicts who are now using heroin or fentanyl when they can't get a corrupt doc to write a new script. Overmedicating is the medical equivalent of government spending. It's the easiest way to pretend to do your job and pretend to care about the issue. But like when Uncle Stinky throws money at a problem, by overmedicating, you just get more of the problem. Item last, recreation or distraction as a priority. We all should enjoy a healthy amount of recreation. A little escapism goes a long way in refreshing the mind and spirit. A camping trip, good food, a well-made film of any genre, music, hell, some uncomplicated recreational sex on occasion are all good for us. But when the distraction dominates our lives or becomes important in and of itself, when we identify with the recreation too much, then we contribute to the level of immaturity this post is condemning. First among the most damaging distractions is electronic. This paragraph is almost a waste of words, but it must be included in the argument. Nothing has done more damage to our collective maturity and ability to relate to each other than cell phones, tablets, and TV streaming services. You know it. I know it. But most of you, if you are not actively earning your daily bread, will have your nose glued to one of these things. Some will even do it when they're supposed to be earning. Some simple suggestions. If you prefer to text rather than talk, if you spend more than two hours per day total on some form of electronics and it's not your job, you are actively contributing to our social immaturity. We've gone through the looking glass of immaturity in other areas as well. For example, I've heard people complain that pro athletes make many times more than U.S. presidents earn. This doesn't necessarily include the scam artists like the last three Dem presidents. But the reason these guys make so much money is because we, as a society, gleefully hand over so much of our hard-earned money to them. I think the wealth garnered by athletes and entertainers are a social symptom, not unlike the Roman bread and circus. A little is fine, but selling about a dollar's worth of material and labor to you for $260, because it has the name of a man who played a kid's game associated with it, shows a real priority problem. You may ask, who do I think I am saying such things? If you do, then you are immature and prove the point. Thank you. Okay, so what? This was an absurdly short list of things that contribute to our pan-societal maturity problem. But you know where I'm going with this. When you look at your life or the lives of your children, ask yourself if their lifestyle and your parenting will help them thrive. If the answer is no, you may have to make some changes. When you honestly assess your own views on politics and civics, do you see a person who is intellectually engaged 
or utterly tribal or disengaged. There's a footnote on that in the text. Remember, I've said repeatedly throughout this series, if we don't get all 11 points right, then we face real catastrophe. As the boomers age out and economies shrink and trade goods we used to take for granted become scarce or even disappear for a while, we will need to be pre-positioned across the 11 points to maintain a healthy society. You can look at the examples I've listed here and consider other things. We won't beat the maturity problems if you don't actively participate. And an immature society cannot weather the storm that is coming. A mature society can not only get through it all, but they can teach later generations the lessons learned. As an exercise of maturity, I'll assess my present market reach and admit that my ideas will not get a lot of play across the internet. That can change. But my fear is that someone will read the 11 points later and say, boy, I wish we'd read this back in the early 20s. We'd be far better off now. Such is life for the voice in the wilderness. One of the most direct ways the P4B is supported is through Poe River Furniture and Yard Games. I won't get too specific about who runs Poe River, but he's really good looking and his initials are Matt Jordan. There are a number of one-of-a-kind pieces that I created, including very nice wine stoppers and what I call recycled palette art. There's also a huge selection of gifts that I designed and had made off-site. Occasionally you will see yard games listed. That will depend on how often this podcast allows me to be in the shop. I'll leave a link or a button below so you can shop Poe River. Life skills. I mentioned life skills in a previous segment as one of the paths to a mature society. Changing a tire, tuning a lawnmower, a handwritten letter, basic survival skills, etc will not only be a measure of how mature we are when the socioeconomic shit hits the fan over the next couple of years, they will also be an important toolkit to getting through the mess intact. Repair or replace will be a much more critical question pretty soon. As things become more difficult to find and more expensive because of strained or vanishing supply chains, It will be real handy to know how to keep what we have running. This has been complicated by how much of what we have, which is now based on the use of microchips. So simple and old school will blend well into answering the question, repair or replace. I have committed to learning new skills on a regular basis that I have no need for presently. But I will need them pretty soon. I have a tune-up kit for my walk-behind mower. I was surprised at how straightforward replacing the carburetor is. I intend to keep that running for as long as possible. When the motor fails, I will Google the replacement of the motor and will have, for all intents and purposes, a new mower. All the tools in my wood shop, except for my shopsmith, are old and simple. I'm not worried. The shopsmith is primarily an American company and modular. I can keep everything else in the shop basic, 
I can keep everything else in the shop running with basic care and feeding. My wife and I have purchased a small hydroponic starter kit. We'll use it to grow herbs to maturity and start veggies for the outdoor garden. We've even kicked around the idea of a chicken coop. Yes, it's fun to learn how to do new things. For now, a garden would be a good outdoor activity. But by 2026, probably, it will be an important part of a healthy diet. The more eggs, chicken, and veggies I have, the less of the government Davos-mandated bugs I'll have to eat later. There's a footnote on that in the text. I'll share a lot of the eggs and high-producing veggies with the neighbors so they won't complain when I rent roosters occasionally. Hey, the hens deserve a bit of fun. Fixing a bicycle, repairing a window, stringing a guitar are all things your family would do well to learn. Doing so will have multiple benefits that go beyond just one of the 11 points, as critical as that is. The most immediate benefit of learning a new skill is the rewiring of the brain that adds a new facet of thinking and processing you and your kids never had before. It's like learning a new language. It also breaks the thinking that the only thing worth knowing comes from a classroom or a degree. School is fine. And if your interests take you into academia, great. But learning how to use your hands provides an alternative pathway to professional fulfillment and often skills that will prevent us from ever going hungry. Let's say society fails to learn the lessons of this series and blows one or more of the 11 points. If you acquire or provide your children a good grounding in the skills that we're now discussing, they will be able to easily expand on those skill sets. They won't have preconceived notions about college versus the trades, while your neighbor's kid is trying to market their militant Lithuanian studies degree, you or your kid will be working and thriving. Actually, thinking in a more mercenary light, if the world truly blows it, but your family prepares and doesn't spend valuable time staring at your cell phones, you come out on top, the world will be utterly dependent on you or your kids. Again, this does not or should not supplant academics or an appreciation of classic learning. But it will never hurt anyone to learn how to do body work or how to cook well or how to pour a concrete slab. All knowledge is learning and therefore good. In this scenario, diverse knowledge could spell the difference between struggling to survive and thriving. Perhaps in two weeks' time, I'll bring my energy piece forward and expound on it. That is a real issue for the future. For now, just remember, you heard it here first. The, quote, energy solutions the government is blowing trillions of your dollars on will not work as advertised. The damage done by these, quote, solutions will be horrendous. You need to force your government to change course on this. On that happy note, cheers. Footnote 1, when I was talking about checking yourself for tribal tendencies. Don't be too hard on yourself if you find you are actually too tribal. 
That is the default position of most people in this silly society right now. Admitting it is the first step to fixing it. Here's a good frame of reference to measure from. Ask yourself if you call stupid things that carry no proof science, because your tribe does. Ask yourself if you put too much faith in any political figure because he says things that are pithy or controversial. If you answer such questions in the affirmative, make a change. Footnote 2. Talking about the bugs. Here's just the most recent mention of the bugs. You will be expected by your government to eat. There's a link in the footnotes. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.